Welcome to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. He's on vacation. He'll be back next week. A little bit later in the program today, we're going to talk about this issue of hundreds of Iraqi detainees that are waiting to hear what's going to happen to them. A lot of them have been locked up for several months after being rounded up over the summer. And there was a new wrinkle in that story this week. Uh, Some good news for those detainees. A federal judge has ordered bond hearings for them, saying that holding them without any clear reason why they might be a risk of flight or a risk to the public is unconstitutional. We'll hear a lot more about that a little bit later in the show with Martin Manna, president of the Chaldean Chamber of Commerce, as well as Michael Steinberg with the ACLU of Michigan, who is also fighting to get their cases in front of a judge individually and try to get them uh, some uh, get them freed from that detainment. But first on the show today, if you want to find out what government is up to, you have a Michigan law on your side. It's the Freedom of Information Act, commonly referred to by its acronym FOIA. FOIA is a law that lets citizens get records from local governments and state agencies. So if you want to see, for example, what contracts your local government has with private companies, you can request those. We're going to spend the first part of the hour today talking about the Freedom of Information Act in Michigan. Joining us in studio is WDET Sandra Swoboda, who just did an investigation into how well local governments in Southeast Michigan are presenting information about the Freedom of Information law and how to use it, uh, how they are actually complying once you put those requests in, how easy they make it to make those requests in the first place. And also joining us is State Representative Martin Hauerlach, one of the sponsors of a package of bills pending in Lansing right now that would expand FOIA to the governor and the legislature. Yes, you heard that right. Michigan's governor and legislature are not included. They are exempt from FOIA. The measure would also attempt to make it easier and cheaper for people to file these requests for public records. Uh, Sandra Swoboda, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Jake. And uh, Representative Martin Hauerlach, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being with us today. Good morning. So, Sandra, I want to start with you about this project that you did, which was really comprehensive, and it was pretty amazing, uh, especially some of the tools that you're giving listeners to actually go and figure out how to put this request in in the first place. Well, yeah, you're right. And right now, I mean, in this digital age, there's an expectation that we can all use the Internet to get a lot of our work done. And so we wanted to see what local governments in Southeast Michigan were putting on their websites, what tools they were giving citizens to request information. Uh, the Freedom of Information Act is, is for, to, to review, right, for, uh, FOIA 101 uh, <laughs> for people who don't know, because I think sometimes you know, we in journalism think everyone knows what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Freedom of Information Act is about 40 years old, and it's the idea that the public should have access to public records. You know, government funded by the people, voted in by the people, serving the people. The, then by extension of that, we should be able to see records that reflect the true operations of government. And so Michigan's law, about 40 years old, but yes, you're right, it does exempt the legislature and the governor. And so uh, there have been the last two sessions bills to try and add that in. Mm. So uh, to come back to what we we can talk a little bit more about what the municipal uh, government website showed, but that's kind of a basic of what FOIA is. People wanting to request information from state agencies, right, the the DNR, for example, or the Secretary of State's office, or FOIA applies, the Freedom of Information Act applies to local governments. So if you want to go see 
police reports in a certain area, if you want to look at building inspection reports, if you want to look at permits that have been pulled, Mm -hmm. those are all available. And so we looked at how local governments um, represent that process to the audience. Yeah. And talk about this map that you created, because it's uh, that's something that I uh, was especially interested in because I was clicking around on it for about an hour because I was so interested. So we were a success, right? Nerding out over maps. Sure. Um, I think maps are a really effective tool for people. It gives a good visual. But the, the one that we did. Um, so let me back up. So as part of, and I have to admit, a class project for a mm-hmm. graduate class in information policy, uh, my classmates and I wrote a paper. It's uh, always good when that crosses over, right? Right, I know. So I did homework on work time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to thank Joseph and Heather, who were my classmates in uh, Professor Hook's class in the School of Information Sciences at Wayne State University. But for this information policy class, Freedom of Information Act is a huge, a huge issue. Mm-hmm. So we looked at all 129 municipal governments within Macomb, Oakland, and Wayne counties. And we wanted to know what they tell you about the Freedom of Information Act when you go there. If you want mm-hmm. information in your community, how do you get it? Yeah. And if you go to the website, does it just sort of pop right up, right? Is it so is it easy to find? Exactly. And so we had this elaborate coding system, which I did not share, but like how many drop-down menus and how many clicks does it take to get to the information? Yeah. So what we found was that less than a quarter of the local governments have direct links on their home pages that will take you to a form. So if you just go to the home page for city of or village of, if you can find anything that even just says Freedom of Information Act or FOIA, uh, there's just less than a quarter that have that on there. So you need to know to click through maybe to the clerk's office or to search or to even use the search term FOIA of Freedom of Information. So a quarter on their homepage offering this access to information. You know, if you think about it as a customer service, you wouldn't, Amazon would not have (laughs) how to buy a product, you know, a couple layers in. Sure. So three municipalities have no FOIA information online at all. This is in the Tri-County area. Now, I will say we talk about impact of our work all the time. In Oxford, I called and asked why they did not have this on there. I called all of these. And Oxford actually added the link Mm. between the time I called and when we aired and published the stories. Um, What was encouraging was that eight of these local governments in this digital age of clicking, uh, had a direct link to e-file your FOIA. Not even just a PDF that you would download and fill in, but you can go to that map, and I think it's the color blue on there, uh, or orange, but anyway, it's It's on WDET.org. It is color-coded by how you can file. So if you go to the map and you look for your community and you click on it, you will get the direct link to how to request information. Mm Uh, you're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. We're speaking today about the FOIA law, Michigan's Freedom of Information Act, this law that guarantees you the right to access public records from local governments in the state. And we're speaking with Sandra Swoboda, WDET Special Projects Manager, who just spearheaded this effort to this investigation into how local governments are complying with that law. We're also speaking with Martin Hauerlach, a Republican state representative from Troy, representing the 41st state. House District, one of the sponsors of legislation in Lansing right now to overhaul Michigan's open records law. Uh, and, and Representative Hauerlach, uh, we're talking sort of here about how easy it is for people to, uh, to, to actually get this information that they're guaranteed. Uh, and, and this is something that the legislation uh, tackles as well, N- not just that, obviously, but also whether or not the governor and the legislature should be uh, you know, exempted from this. Your legislation, this package of bills would make them subject to it. Uh, talk a little bit about where that 
package stands right now, and what is the political will at this point to move it forward? So I, uh, I can tell you that it's an 11-bill package. It's bipartisan in nature, and it passed unanimously. All of the bills passed unanimously out of the House. They're currently before the, the Senate, where they've been, uh, been for um, um, most of the year, actually. I think House Speaker Leonard said something like, and I'm not doing the math right in my head, but it was like, 1,200 to zero was, if you add up all the yes votes from the entire package of bills in the House, it was, it was you know, you, you, you have, it's, it's more than, uh, you know, 1,000 yes votes or something like that. It, it is. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive that uh, we've got a bipartisan package and not a single person felt uh, any reason to vote against it. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, we've got, uh, we've got a body full of independent thinkers. So this, is, this means we've got something really good. But speaking of the package itself, the, um, the legislature is exempt from FOIA, and there's a constitutional reason for that. The, the Article 4 of the Constitution gives the legislature the ability to self-govern, and so um, that's why we have to have a package. Half the package of bills just creates a brand-new um, uh, statute that mimics FOIA specifically for the legislature, and the other half of the bills deal with ensuring, or making rather, extending the FOIA mm-hmm. to the governor and the governor's executive office, which is currently exempt. I think it's important to note that state agencies are not exempt from FOIA. It's only the the governor and the executive offices. Yeah, and, and, and something that has, been, that has come up over the years as these types of bills have been discussed is a lot, it has a lot to do with what Sandy's talking about here, the ease of actually accessing these, these records that there's stories of just exorbitant price tags on some of these requests that it, they just don't move very quickly. Can you talk a little bit about those kinds of stories that we've heard? Uh, me? Yeah. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Well, the, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly the, um, it's important to note the, um, the important, I, I just want to speak broadly to the Act and, mm-hmm. and the importance of, of public access to information. And, you know, the Act itself says, that if a public that it's important for the citizens of the state of Michigan to have access to government, and um, you know, Circuit Court Judge Damon Keith has said democracies die behind closed doors. Mm. So I think there's a, a compelling reason to have an absolute right to access government. And, and as somebody who before I was in the legislature was in local government, I can tell you that um, the ability of local governments to interpret FOIA is um, it's. You know, there's nobody really out there that's enforcing the Freedom of Information Act, and so mm-hmm. there is wide uh, variation between uh, between local units of government, even local officials, to access their own government. So it's um, it's a uh, uh, it's something that's very important to the people of the state of Michigan. Yeah. Again, you're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. We're talking about how easy it is for citizens to access public records that they're guaranteed under Michigan's Freedom of Information Act. We're speaking with State Representative Martin Hauerlach, a Republican representing uh, Troy and Clausen, uh, yes, Clausen, uh, and Sandra Swoboda, WDET Special Projects Manager. And also, I want to make uh, open this up to callers. We really want to hear from you on this issue. Have you asked your local government for information in the past? Have you sought out 
information in the past. And what was that experience like? What are some of the things that you want to hear from your local officials about what's happening and and state officials as well? Think of the Flint water crisis. This is something that uh, was it was it was crucial to find out what happened uh, during this process. And the Freedom of Information Act really played a vital role. So, uh, you know, what what is your experience trying to find out what's going on behind uh, closed doors in the in in your local government or on the state level as well? The number to call is three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Again, that's three one three. Five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also leave us a message on Twitter by hashtagging Detroit Today, or you can go to our Facebook page and leave us a comment there. And uh, Representative Howerlack, really quick, I just wanted to ask, what is it uh, about the process here that has stalled these bills from moving forward in the Senate? Like like we were talking about, overwhelming support in the state house. Why has it been stalled in the Senate? Well, I can't. Uh, I can't personally answer that. But what I can say is that uh, in the uh, the legislature, the uh, the ability of bills to move or not move is strictly up to the the leader in each chamber, as well as the committee where the the bills are assigned. So the bills were assigned, I believe, to government operations over in the Senate. So it really is up to the domain of the um, um, of the um, Senate Majority Leader to decide. And and so what I would say is it's not uncommon. For bills that originate in one chamber or the other to sit in the other chamber for a while, mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, for the other chamber really to kind of get up to speed on it. Because I will tell you that before these bills were introduced, and there's a different iteration of this. Well, basically the same bills were introduced in the last session. There's a work group and, and a bipartisan group of folks got together to write the bill. So uh, quite a bit of time has been put into it in the House, and we need to let the Senate, um, you know, kind of get to, get up to speed uh, to where we were before we actually pass the bill unanimously. Yeah, so, yeah. WDET okay. Special Projects Manager Sandra Sabota, what, what have you been hearing uh, when it comes to what's sort of, uh, uh, you know, stalling these? Well, I, I can tell you there's a column by Brian Dickerson, our friend at the Detroit Free Press, and he reported from the Michigan Press Association last year. Now, the Michigan Press Association represents newspapers and online publications. Um, I'm actually an individual member <laughs> as a writer. But uh, at the convention last year, Arlen Meekoff was there and said to the convention that he had no intention of moving these bills. And in Brian's column, which we'll link to on our page, uh, he said that journalists are the only ones who care about the Freedom of Information Act. Which, yes, we do care about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, as reporters, we don't get to have a lot of agendas. We are supposed to remain, you know, kind of neutral and unbiased in what we report. But in this case, you know, the issues of government transparency and gathering information is something that we kind of can go out there and say, like, mm-hmm. hey, open this up. But uh, to the question of who files FOIAs, because I respectfully disagree with Arlen Meekoff on that, um, as part of the audit that we were talking about before, I looked at some FOIA requests to local governments. And really, it's kind of a business issue. Mm. Uh, If you talk to county clerks, or not county clerks, you know, local municipal clerks, and you ask them, what do what are people asking for? What information are people looking for? It's not journalists who are just filing these requests and burdening the city clerks. It is attorneys who are representing clients. It is economic development projects, real real estate, looking for inspection permits, looking for environmental reports. Uh, That's that's business. And they're looking to use the technology side of things. And so we hear a lot about out of Lansing of supporting business. 
FOIA is really an avenue that can do that. Yeah, we should make it clear. I mean, I think that is a perception that people have. Look, these are things that journalists and lawyers file, right? <laughs> but uh, really, I mean, this is for everybody. Anyone can file a Freedom of Informa- Information Act request. It's not just for for us. Uh, it's it's an important thing to keep in mind. Um, and, and, and Sandra, I'm curious, uh, when it comes to... Uh, municipalities and what they told you about how how well they were complying with this and not even just complying but how easy they were making it for citizens why you know did you get explanations from municipalities that didn't have that didn't make it so easy well we talked to the uh, Michigan Township Association as kind of a representative group and you know the Township Association hundreds of members hundreds of townships in Michigan and they range from places like Canton, which mm-hmm. has the e-filing, which is a large community, uh, a lot of uh, a high budget, shall we say? I don't call it a wealthy community, but they have the resources to really administer FOIA in certain ways. Smaller townships, you know, may just have a web page; they don't have a lot of officials. So, in some cases, there is a cost factor. But if you talk to the sort of national level information advocates, and you'll notice I'm not saying media advocates, but <laughs> information access, getting access to information, um, do little things like saying, want, want to know something about your community as mm-hmm. opposed to FOIA or, you know, click here for information in your community. Technology these days, Google Forms, you know, all kinds of free plugins that would really are really simple to use and can be done. And then there's firms out there that you can contract to administer your website that make things a lot easier. So really, to me, it's a lot of it's seeing how municipalities and state agencies and the state government portray FOIA to their citizens really says a lot about who, how they treat their customers, so to speak. Sure. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm filling in for Stephen Henderson, who's on vacation. We're talking about Michigan's Freedom of Information Act and this law that guarantees you the right to find out what's going on with your local government to get those public records that can tell us so much about what's happening uh, behind closed doors in government. And we're speaking with State Representative Martin Hauerlack, a Republican from Troy, representing the 41st State House District, and Sandra Swoboda, WDET Special Projects Manager. We want to hear from from you. What has been your experience trying to get information from your local government? You know, what kind of information do you want to know about what's going on in your community? Number to call is 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313-577-1019. We're going to go to the phones right now. Uh, Michelle in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah. What do you have to say, Michelle? Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're talking about this. I've been really concerned about FOIA laws in Michigan, particularly there was an article out recently, I think it was put out by Vice, and they showed this map of police brutality or use of force against citizens, and there was a blank spot on the map in Detroit because they were not able to get the data there. And it just, the article revealed all these problems with our law, which seemed to say that if some effort was being made, then that was adequate. And, you know, for me, FOIA is so important when we have one-eighth of the properties in Detroit that are owned by the government, you know, through the land bank, things like that. And it's so important just for me to know that the government is tracking certain things, whether or not I then make use of it and analyze it. So 
um, I, I really am excited that hopefully we're going to be seeing some changes. Oh, sure, sure. Michelle, thank you so much for that call. Great, great uh, question there. Um, and, and yeah, Sandra Svoboda. Uh, no, I was going to say, Michelle alludes to the idea of putting that information online. What information is available? Mm-hmm. So, yes, we have seen communities put more information out there. And the current Freedom of Information Act uh, allows them to respond to your request for information with a link to where they have it online. The thing is, though, and we've used that open data portal, Melissa Mason is a multimedia producer here. She actually made the map that you were talking about with the municipalities. And you know, she looks all the time, and, and it's a question of what data are there. Is mm-hmm. it, It's not like every piece of paper is, or every record that is produced or every statistic is put up online. Like A lot of governments have gotten better about it, but you still need the tool to be able to ask for exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, Representative Howerlack, you heard from Michelle there are those some of the things that uh, you're tackling in this legislation as well would that would that um, you make it easier uh, for some of the things that Michelle was talking about yes and you know there are a number of facets of, of FOIA and, and, and clearly uh, expanding FOIA to include the legislature and the governor is not um, it's not the only thing that legislature is working on mm-hmm. the um, uh, the issue of access to government is, is of paramount importance because the uh, the governments exist by right of the people. The people create the government, and therefore the government should be able to um, act in transparent manner and let the people judge whether or not the government is acting in our best interests. Mm-hmm. So as far as that's concerned, I mean, keep in mind there's also another uh, part of FOIA, and that's you know not just filing a FOIA request, but also getting the information. Sure. And so there's been a recent attorney general opinion that, that effectively has said governments have until whenever, to provide the information to the people, in other words, to respond to FOIA. So I can tell you that uh, there were a few of us on both sides of the aisle that are looking to create a legislative remedy to that, because if you file a FOIA request, you should be able to expect that you're going to get it in a reasonable manner, and it's not the people's problem if uh, if there's a staff member out on, on medical leave or whatever. The government has an absolute responsibility to get the information in a reasonable and timely manner. Mm. Uh, and I, I want to touch on this other issue, though, of the exemption for the governor and the legislature, because I think even though this is something that we've been talking about for a little while in media here, I think there are probably listeners scratching their heads right now like, wait, really? That the governor's office and the legislature, that legislators' offices are are not exempt, that they are exempt from this law? That doesn't seem to make sense to a lot of people. And uh, Representative Howerlack, I want to get your uh, thought on you know what what have you heard uh, in terms of the explanation for why this is the case and uh, even if there's any sort of uh, anyone defending the the way that the status quo when it comes to this law right now. Well, as you're probably aware, we're we're, we're the only one of the 50 states that exempt the legislature and mm-hmm. the governor together from a FOIA or a similar law. So I think it's a universal head scratch. The uh, you know, you hear a lot of things about, you know, we need to be able to operate um, and, and do our business. We need to have free thoughts of ideas and all these sorts of things. Obviously, there, there's a compelling interest, to even if we extend FOIA to the, the legislature and the governor, to ensure that constituents' personal matters are protected. You know, if we're dealing with an unemployment issue or what have you, those sorts of things are easily remedied. They're addressed in the bills. It's not an issue. To be honest with you, I can't think of one good reason 
why the legislature and the governor should be exempt from FOIA mm. or a similar statute. Well, I, I know from my time covering the legislature when I when I was up in Lansing that the one thing that I heard was about concerns about constituents' information, which was that that uh, there were concerns about privacy. Sandra Swoboda, I know that you are chomping at the bit right now to, to, <laughs> to address this. What what have you been hearing about this? Well, the, the law itself, and we haven't even talked about this because there is a lot, but the law has exemptions. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. go get every scrap of information from government there are privacy exemptions there which are- is why when you when you get these fulfilled you'll get you'll see a lot of uh black marker or uh, redacted information right and i can tell you not all municipalities do it consistently but that's besides the fact they can keep out private information uh, employee health records for example uh pending real estate transactions trade secrets pending litigation there's a whole list of a few do- dozens of exemptions so the law has been functioning with that in place. Sure, it takes a little bit of time, but technology, like everything else, has made a lot of this easier to provide to people. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm I'm Jake Neer sitting in for Stephen Henderson, who's on vacation. We're talking about Michigan's Freedom of Information Act. And before we close things out here, I want to get to Wes from Lapeer on the phones. Wes, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, first, I'd like to commend Sandra, WDET, the Michigan Press Association, and all of those communities who are uh, working on FOIA uh, response um, and transparency. And I want to emphasize Sandra's point about Senate Majority Leader Beekoff and the comments that he made at the Michigan Press Association convention last year and what I consider to be his outright contempt for the public's right to know. Um, And I want to urge your listeners to contact their own senators, their own state senator, and Meekoff directly, and urge him to get this bill to the floor of the state Senate. I believe it's an absolute disgrace that Michigan is the only state that exempts their legislature and governor from uh, FOIA laws. Um, And uh, this is something that we've addressed in our own editorial page at the County Press, where I'm publisher and peer. Um, so, again, thank you for this program. Thank you for your work, and I appreciate being able to participate. Well, Wes, thanks so much for the uh, call. Really appreciate that. Uh, Sandra Swoboda, uh, WDET Special Projects Manager, what's next for your project uh, that you've been doing? I know that you've, you've, do- you've already put it out there. It's on our website, by the way, WDET.org, so you can go check that out, all the great work that Sandy and her team have been doing. But uh, what is next for this, especially in an election year? Well, yes, that is a question. I asked people during the reporting of this in December, like, how does this become an issue in the 2018 elections? And the short answer is the voters have to make it an issue, right? Mm. We've, uh, to reiterate what Wes said, your leaders, many of them think you don't care about this. They think you don't care about having access to information about how your government operates. And a way that you can get it is through supporting the Freedom of Information Act, the bills that are in Lansing now. So again, I don't always (laughs) come on here and make (laughs) grand sweeping political statements, not the role of a reporter, but in this case, it's an agenda we are really allowed in this profession to have, and that is promoting access to information. So I think you'll see that as part of WDET's election coverage in the statewide races in 2018. We've got the governor and we've got the attorney general who has a 
lot of power, as we've seen uh, in the recent opinions about the no deadline to provide the information. And we have state state offices up for election. If these bills don't go through the Senate this time, maybe uh, representatives will bring them back around the next time. But they need to hear from the voters that this is something that they care about. Mm. Again, you can see all the work that Sandra Swoboda, WDET Special Projects Manager, I know your title, uh, has done on this issue at WDET.org. There's also information about that package of bills that uh, State Representative Martin Hauerlach has been working on, State Representative from Troy representing the 41st State House District, again, one of the sponsors of that legislation in Lansing to overhaul Michigan's open records laws. Representative Hauerlach, thanks so much for joining us here on WDET. Thank you. Sandra, thank you so much. Thanks, Jake. Coming up after the break, we'll talk about the latest news regarding Iraqi detainees in southeast Michigan. A judge says they must all get individual bond hearings. We'll talk with a couple people involved in the case about whether those hearings will actually happen and why they argue the case violates the Constitution.